Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And good morning. It's Friday morning and time for Talk Money. And my guest host with me today is Jeremy Jones. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're going to be talking with David Peel later on in the program. Some things that you need to know about uninsured motorists and what happens if you get in somebody's car that they said, yeah, take the car and run down to the 7-Eleven and see what happens. And you have a wreck on the way. And it's not your car. You're going to find out really who's liable and uh, what you need to know about the, the automobile insurance, uninsured motorist, all the things. Some legal questions for David Peel. We'll be talking with him when we get uh, to that point of the program. But, Jeremy, it's always we kind of start with those facts. And uh, there's some facts about the market. And we're looking at the fourth quarter. Everybody knows that October and, and, you know, when we talk about the fourth quarter, October can be either one of those great months or one of those bad months. And uh, so what's the fourth quarter look like? Well, yeah, October, you know, so far is seeming to be a pretty good month so far. A pretty good month, but it's still a little shaky right, right. now. There's Volatile. still a lot of, lot of unknown, but, you know, we are into the fourth uh, quarter. And so, you know, if you think about quarters in the third quarter, you know, the S&P 500 was down 6.4% total return in the third quarter of 2015. That's the eighth time, eighth time since 1990 that the stock index was down at least 5% in the third quarter of a calendar year. So the S&P was up in the subsequent fourth quarter six of those seven years. Now, Only, let me make sure I yeah. get that. Down, third quarter down, eight since 1990. But the fourth quarter, six of the seven years, the subsequent, in other words, the fourth quarter. Absolutely. Okay. So the subsequent fourth quarter, right. six of the seven years, only fell into rebound the fourth quarter. We probably all know which year, 2008. I could have guessed that one, yeah. Yep. So the average return for the index in the, in the six positive fourth quarters was a three-month gain of 12.7%. So really, it, it doesn't mean that it's going to be the fourth quarter, but it just says historically when we've had a bad third quarter, you know, the, the subsequent – Fourth, Fourth quarter, quarter has been pretty usually good. Buzz, buzz pretty good. So, Absolutely. Okay, that's that's a great point. You know, I, I watch this market thing, and we always talk about it, and it's always kind of up and down, up and down, up and down. And I know that when you think about the S and P, give me some ideas. This mostly, what would you call it, up or down? I'd probably call it up <laughs> most of the time. Most right? of the time. Most of the time. Give me another fact. Well, another one. So you think of the S and P talking about it's produced negative total return in only five of the last twenty-five fourth quarters. So that's mostly up. Mostly hey, up. I'm pretty smart. Yeah, <laughs> you didn't know the answer, did you? So the months of October, November, December, the years since 1990, the five down fourth quarters took place in '94, 2000, 2007, and 2008, and 2012. So only five down quarters in that 25 quarter period. So most of the time, we're going to see that the market's moving. You know, and again, that's just the way the the market works. But volatility is a real thing. We have to explain to everybody, don't get caught up in this idea that it's always up. It's not. 
Volatility is a real thing, but volatility is a two-sided sword. It's both up and down. Yes, and speaking of unknown, talking about stocks in the S&P 500, the number one individual stock for the S&P 500 year-to-date is up 112%. That's this year? This year, year-to-date. Wow. The number one stock in the S&P 500 is up 112%. Now, how about how was that stock doing last year? In the calendar year last year, that stock out of the 500 companies, 430th. It was down 7% in the calendar year. That, that tells everybody again, volatility is real. That and one stock is the biggest stock, great stock this year. Last year it was... Who knew? The, nobody yeah, right nobody knew what was going to happen. That's the reason why you got you can't... You can only go by what history tells us, but it doesn't predict the future. It does not predict the future. Well, if you just joined us, I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. Our guest, when we get back after this break, David Peel, the Peel Law Firm. We're going to talk about... The question is, what happens if you're driving a friend's car with permission... Maybe, maybe I should ask you without permission. That's a different question. Something happens. I'm going to say I didn't give you permission. <laughs> That's right. But if you're driving a friend's car with permission and you have an accident, we're going to find out what the answer is when we get back right after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money. We'll return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. Any statements made by our guests are not necessarily the opinion of Securian Financial Services or Shoemaker Financial. And now, once again, helping you make the most of your money, this is Talk Money. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're talking with David Pill today. And David, the question, and by the way, first of all, thank you, sir, for being with us. Glad to be here. I'd have to get that out of the way, don't I, Jeremy? Uh, I, I guess this question, I get, you know, if somebody comes over to the house and they got to run down to the store to get something, your car is the one that's furthest, you know, easy to get out. And they say, oh, I just here, here's my keys. Take my car. And I know I actually had a guy's car one time. I'm driving it. The guy told me to drive him down Germantown Parkway, and uh, I come up to the stop there. And, you know, as you got the Agri Center on the right, this guy must this was pre-texting times. He must have been watching the deer out at Agri Center because all of a sudden, bang, into the back of me. It wasn't my fault, but he read it to me. That's not my car. It wasn't my fault, but let's reverse it. Let's say that I was the guy driving and I ran into somebody. What actually happens, David? Ironically, the person who loaned you the car is the first insurance to have to pay. And that seems counterintuitive. Most of us feel like if you're driving my car and you cause the accident, your insurance should be first. But in Tennessee, it has never been that way. Why is that? Why? I mean, I would think that if I'm driving, I cause the accident. Don't you think, Jeremy? I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you're in my car and I, you you did it. 
What's what's wrong with that picture? Yeah, that probably be the last time that you drove my car. <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> no question. No question. But David, why is that? That doesn't seem like it's fair. It seems like it's kind of one of those situations where the guy that causes the accident. Because I mean, let's suppose it's a serious accident. I mean, you know, somebody's driving my car and bang it really it kills somebody or damages tons of property damage. I was listening to the traffic report, the vehicle in the ditch down. You know that we're that we're listening to. Why is it that the insured, the person who owns the car, that insurance has got to pay? Absolutely. Well, Tennessee follows the majority of states that uh, use the owner coverage first rule. And the owner's coverage is first. That doesn't mean that the driver's coverage can't be used, but the driver's coverage would only be used if it was in excess of what the owner's coverage was. Or, to use another example, if you had taken the car and the person had said later on, I didn't give that person permission, you know, then, then that's a different scenario. So, so that's what I do, Jeremy. I'd say you didn't get permission. You just <laughs> took the car. <laughs> well, then there would have to be some. Uh, Let's take this even further. I mean, when you talk about it, uh, what about kids? I mean, what about, you know, the the friend of a kid well, gets in the car? Yeah, I was going to say, too, you know. I guess that really doesn't make a difference. Adding someone to your insurance, you know, it's just like you add your children or when you're at your your business, you know, you add, you have three or four people on the insurance that's allowed to drive the vehicle. Does that make a difference when you add the person to, you know, I, I might loan you to drive my car, but what if you were on the policy? Well, that still comes back to me, right? Right. It's still going to come back to you. And the issue is that if somebody's regularly using the car, then they're, to, you know, they're supposed to be covered by the insurance. Well, David, then what we need to learn from this, let's make sure we get this, is that if if I happen to to loan my car to someone or one of my children were to loan, you know, it's, again, it's football practice, it's, uh, you know, the band practice, and somebody says, well, just take the car, here's my car, take it, and come. You are literally creating a potential liability for you that, that you need to be sensitive to. It's a very real liability. I mean, your assets are riding around in that car. And so you give that car to somebody who is responsible. That's mm-hmm. exactly right. Somebody that you'd be willing to stand for. What happens if that, you know, if your friend's car, you know, let's say I borrowed this car, Jeremy's again, and Jeremy is uninsured. He's, he's an uninsured motorist. It, if the owner of the car doesn't have insurance, it falls to the driver. And so I do my insurance at that point. Would Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. I can follow that because mm-hmm. no insurance by the owner of the car, and then I drive it, that, that creates that problem. So we're trying to say that people need to be sensitive to who whose car they're driving and to know more about what the car, who's the owner of the car. I have a new plan now. I'm just going to leave my car in the parking lot and borrow cars to go everywhere I want to go. I'm in good shape then. That's pretty good. That's Whether it's a bad. traffic ticket or insurance, whatever it may be. So if you've got this uh, person driving the car, Let's say they didn't cause the accident. Again, I'm driving down Germantown Parkway. Mm-hmm. Somebody runs into the back of me. It's a borrowed car. I'm assuming that the person that runs into me, it's his insurance that's going to have to pay. If he has it. Either the owner of that car that he's driving first and then him if he has insurance. If neither one of them have insurance, which statistically is getting more and more probable, then you're falling back on your own uninsured motorist for the a car first and the driver second. So I guess you need to be sensitive. What you're saying to us is that really 
be sensitive to who you loan your car to and make sure that you're realizing that your insurance is first in most cases, especially if the person driving the car caused the accident, your insurance is, is liable first. It is, and remember that your damages aren't necessarily limited to whatever limits of coverage that you have on your insurance. You could be sued for excess of that. You know, we talked about that. Uh, I did. Had, I had that to happen. Uh, this has been many years ago, and uh, it was my fault. I ran into someone, uh, and, you know, again, it was one of those situations where we both drove away, and, and I thought, you know, my insurance company was going to cover everything it needed to, and I just kind of said, okay, fine. I get a call uh, from my insurance company that says you need to hire your own attorney because they're suing you, and it's going to be for a larger amount than your liability insurance at the time. And uh, fortunately, it never went anywhere, but the reality is that woke me up to the need of something that I want to ask you about, umbrella insurance. Again, that liability that so many people don't realize today is very, very real. Well, it is. And uh, and umbrella insurance oversees all your auto and home policies and stands to increase the the amount of your coverage up to, let's say, a million dollars or $2 million, depending on what you pick. Uh, So it is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And per dollar uh, of coverage, it's not very expensive at all. You know, Jeremy, we talk about this a million. We talk about this all the time when we do financial plans is what amount of liability, because so many people think, well, I've got coverage and, you know, I've got my assets. But assets can become very attachable very quickly in a lawsuit if they don't have that. And we usually recommend a minimum of a million uh, what about the, the, the when you look at it, when you the aggregate, and how does that work, David, from a standpoint of the aggregate where multiple accidents? You know, I, I have an accident on Monday and I have an accident on Wednesday. What's the, how's the aggregate work? Right. Well, the underlying coverage on the car that you're required to buy for a lot of companies, let's say, is two hundred fifty thousand per right. person that's per minimum. accident. That's minimum. And that's and that's usually what you have to buy in order to buy the million dollar coverage. And so each one of those coverages is per accident, 250000 per person, 500000 per accident. And so uh, you're, you're going to be covered for all the multiple different issues per accident, and that's, and that's what's important. Let me ask you this. As an attorney, and uh, Jeremy, you can help me with this. When we're talking with people, so many times, uh, I mean, I'm thinking of a case where we've got a substantial net worth, uh, they have the umbrella coverage, is there a way, and Jeremy, do we think about this when we talk about how do they protect it? I mean, we talked about this just recently with some people, trust and things like that. But, David, how do they protect their assets? Well, if they insure for an amount that's in excess or up to their amount of their assets, in theory, that's going to be generally the best and easiest and cheapest way to do it. Certainly beyond that, they can go into some kinds of planning and try to get things out of their names. So that's a good point. We were talking about how much is – so if you look at your, your assets and your net worth, if you want to call it, you know, insuring that amount going above and beyond that would be very difficult is what you're saying. So insuring what your assets that they could go get, if you have that in an umbrella – that would protect most of it. So that sounds... Like uh, you know, that plan. sounds like it's something that people have to think about as they build their net worth. And, and again, we we do see people being sued all the time. And, and you know, I, I'm always for if you've been hurt, you know, you should be taken care of. No question about it. But uh, you want to make sure that you're protecting yourself, too, if you happen to be sued. So you're talking about knowing the amount of liability 
and knowing how to manage your assets. Speaking of getting sued and how people are, I had a, a I was with someone the other day and they were, were buying a car and they had someone come pick them up in a, a car that takes them back and forth from the dealership, you know, a little service. And it was a nice car. And he said, he looked up on the rearview mirror and there was a camera on the <laughs> rearview mirror. And, and he asked him, what is that for? And the guy from the dealership said, that is to take camera. He said, you wouldn't believe how many people try to pull in front of me to get me to rear end them. Just because, because of the, how, the nice car, knowing that that person probably has money or has assets. And that was that was just unbelievable thinking that people actually intentionally trying to get rear-ended so they could get possibly some assets. Well, I'm sure. I, I'm, you know, I'm sure that's the case. I know that's a, a major problem. I actually, you know, it's amazing you mentioned that. I just talked to someone in Chicago. was up there last week, and he had exactly the same camera in his cab for exactly the same reason. And it was amazing. So, again, that's kind of what we're looking at. People are constantly thinking about that. David, when we talk about accidents and we talk about hospital, people being hurt and going to the hospital, talk to us about what you would tell one of your clients to do in that, in, in, when they, they're in an accident and they think they're hurt, hurt what, give us a, kind of the instructions that you as the attorney would talk to. It's a great question because most of us, when we come out of an accident, we're shaken up, we're full of adrenaline. And what I tell my clients and friends is, Whatever is tight today is really sore and hurting tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, so it's a good idea not – it's generally a good idea not to be your own doctor. It's particularly a great idea not to be self-diagnosing on an accident scene on the side of a busy road after you've been shaken up. So seek medical treatment and just make sure just nothing make else is sure. going on. You know, I, I'm thinking of the four of us. Um, I don't have an enormous – now, Art may have a lot of experience with accidents. I mean, I know how I've seen him drive and know that's <laughs> very much a possibility. So maybe we should go to someone with a lot of experience. But I don't have a lot of experience with what happens in an accident, you know, from that standpoint. By the way, if you're just listening, that's Art Frederick. He runs the board. So if we get cut off, you know, that's just because it's that's just the attitude that he has this morning. But, <laughs> or he makes you sound like a chipmunk. <laughs> <laughs> and he can do that. He can do that. He's in control. But the reality is none of us have a lot of experience. So right. it, it's kind of like you need to have that mindset that if it does happen to you, what would you do and how do you need to go through that process? Right. So your process would be, you know, obviously initially you remove people from danger um, then and you call 911. And then I would seek uh, medical treatment just to make sure nothing is seriously going Even on. Even though it's a minor accident. Well, it depends on how, how minor minor is. Um, if there's a doubt in your mind, it's probably it's probably worth going. Okay. I've, I've had clients who had broken a broken foot and were walking around at the accident scene and probably looked fine. But the next day, their foot was as big as their knee. Yeah. And, and so it just doesn't make a lot of sense to wait. I don't see a lot of, uh, of advantages in waiting. Uh, obviously if it's a 15 mile an hour in a, you know, parking lot, I'm not worried about it, but, but if it's, if it's significant, I would go ahead and seek medical treatment. And I also would not be giving statements to the insurance company on the other side in the first few days when you don't have counsel, you might be on medication and, uh, you might have been shaken up a little more than you, than you think. 
A good, a good, you know, that's a good point when you think of an accident. A lot of people have accidents, and they get out of the car, and they look at each other, and they say, man, let's just not call the police, yeah. right, and report. Especially the guy who calls the accident. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you know, or if it's not a big, seems like it's not a big deal and didn't hurt, you know, the other car at all, you know, not reporting it. And then let's just say something started happening. Oh, my neck started hurting or whatever. My ankle starts hurting, like you mentioned. Is there? Can you kind of bring that back up, or what happens there? Yeah, it can be a problem because your insurance company is going to say, "Well, send us the police report." Right? You know, well, well right. I didn't do a police report, and all of a sudden, all kinds of red flags go off. Okay. Uh, so again, it, I'm not saying if you bump somebody, you know, backing out of Walmart, and it's it's a hundred dollars damage, nobody's going to be interested in that one way or the other, and you'll probably absorb your own losses. Yeah. But if the the more the further we get away from that, the more we have to get away from that kind of thinking, frankly. Sure. I guess the let me let me deal with this because again you're kind of giving us what to do from from a legal standpoint. Now yes. I know from an accident standpoint you exchange license, you know you make sure you, you need to call nine one as you said. Sure. But but about witnesses, uh, I know witnesses can be so critical. So many times, let's say I'm in an accident and the three of you guys we're all talking and I get you know I say oh well you know David saw the accident he knows that it was no problem Jeremy saw it Art saw it. Great guys, thanks for telling me that you're gonna you're gonna you know help me out. And I don't write your names down because I'm thinking that the police is going to do that, and they don't always do that, do they, David? Actually, the majority of the times the witnesses leave uh, before the police write their information down, and I have client after client after client who are shocked that these wonderful people who pulled them out of the car and put you know put their purse under their head and all this stuff they didn't stay around for the cops or the cop he's busy. He, or she's busy. They didn't write it down. And now we can't find them because all we know is it was somebody, you know, between 50 and 60. Nice, yeah, you know, Samaritan. And, yeah, so yeah, we narrow it down Samaritan. to 600,000 people. Yeah. Um, by the same token, I can't tell you the number of cases that have changed because we were able to find a surveillance video that actually showed the accident happening or something because the people who cause accidents can get pretty creative in their remembering of things. And until they're shown the video of them blowing the light, right? Good uh, point. It really motivates them to be honest after that. So th- th- that's something that we. But I, I do think that's important. But people need to know, Jimmy. I mean, w- I'm not sure everybody would think about right getting the information, especially if you are hurt, right? To get the information of the witnesses, take some pictures at the scene. You know, you don't. I, I, I don't. I don't represent Sue Happy people. So I, some of these things sound Sue Happy. Um, most of my folks don't want to do these kind of cases, but they're 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 put in a position where they have to. Um, but yeah, take some pictures, write down somebody's information. Um, you can, I mean, literally, just take a snapshot of their driver's license. Just don't think that it's all done, and you just because you're walking around, and there's no blood. Well, I think our culture today is just says we have to document, 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 document good everything that we do. Well, if you just tuned in, our guest is David Pill. He's an attorney with the Pill Law Firm, and we're talking about what you do when you have an accident. We started out with the idea behind uh, if you let somebody borrow your car, and we found out that uh, you don't want to do that. Um, you let them have it, and they have an accident, and your insurance is going to pay. I want to talk when I get back about renting a car. Uh, if you're out in some place and you rent a car, I want to find out, do you need to buy 
all those insurances that they ask you, and then you have to initial yes, I'll take it or no, and I want to find out if that's really what we should do from a legal standpoint. So when we come back, David Peel, my guest host today is Jeremy Jones, and I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money right here on KWAM 990. We'll be right back after this. The views and opinions expressed are those of David Peel only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services Incorporated or Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact Keisha Parrish at 901-757-5757 or email at kparish at shoemakerfinancial.com. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results, research, investment advice, or a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker along with Jeremy Jones. Our guest today is David Pill, an attorney with uh, the Pill Law Firm. We're talking about automobile insurance. Before I get back to the question about renting, when you go out and you're, you know, you're on vacation and you rent the car, do you need to be taking all those insurance coverage? Well, we're going to finally get somebody to tell us the facts on that. Before I do that, though, I've got to tell you two things going on at the office this week, an epic approach to estate planning. That's uh, we're going to have that October the nineteenth, and that's Monday, I believe, isn't it, Jeremy? Absolutely. And it's five thirty to six thirty. Will Stark, a good friend of ours, he's an advanced marketing counsel, counsel and lawyer, and he's going to go through some things about very uh, kind of the, the simple approaches to some serious estate planning issues that we have. So you're welcome to come to that at five thirty to six thirty. Bill Stark, and uh, he is the guy that will be doing the speaking. And then on Tuesday, uh, Jeremy, you've got something going on. With Bold, and you're going to be there. I know you'll also have Will doing some things. Now we talk about that being for business owners, where it's a, you know it's talking about some things that need to be done for the small business, and it's all about that. They're going to do two of those. I think one's at six thirty to seven thirty on the twentieth, and then again at lunch. They got lunch provided for those that want to attend. Um, eleven thirty to twelve. Now that's six thirty in the morning breakfast, right? And then eleven thirty for lunch, and uh, that's for small business owners. Yeah, any that, business owner that just feels like that they got a lot of things going on. How do I settle down and get a lot of things accomplished in my plan and your business plan? This is a good way to help you. And no charge to them to come. It's just Absolutely. simply information. And Bill will be also doing some of that uh, presentation. I know you'll be doing some too. So two great events. That's October the nineteenth and the twentieth. Just call seven five seven five seven five seven and all. SVP with Miss Judy. She will be glad to put you on the list for that. You know, we've had some great attendance from people that listen to the radio program and decide to come to those things. So always want to welcome our listeners to, to the events that we have going on at the office. David, here's the deal. I'm going to rent a car. I'm in Orlando. I'm going to Disney World. Got the kids, everybody. We're loading up into a big van and they're going through this process and it's going to cost me, cost me, cost me. And then they say, do you want insurance and they go through it. and if you say yes you got to you know pay and you're paying way tons of money uh but if you say no oh, then all of a sudden you're out and all of a sudden you run into the back of somebody what's the problem 
Well, the problem is, number one, those coverages are very expensive, very especially expensive. given the fact that for the amount of time you're actually paying for. So financially, they don't make a lot of sense. Uh, if you have good car insurance, and you would as a listener to this program, obviously, uh, then you really don't need any of the rental car coverage insurance. There's about four different types that they offer. Loss damage waiver is probably the least egregious because basically it says that they'll walk away from damage or claims against you essentially for anything. Um, and and that one is would be nice if you certainly had an accident. But the others are supplemental protections that are like little miniature umbrellas um, and personal effects coverage, things like that, uh, that – the deductibles and, and the the various things in that tend to make it not a very good deal. You're still going to pay your own deductible for whatever it is, but that car, you know, does ten thousand dollars of damage and whatever, and you're going to, your insurance company is going to cover it, but you still got the deductible as if you were driving your car. Right. It's really not any different. It's the same thing as any replacement vehicle, generally speaking. So most of your most of your uh, most of your attorneys and 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 people who study this kind of thing would say. It's just not worth it. It's a profit center for the rental coverage. Jeremy, I know you get that question a lot when we're renting cars. I mean, well, yeah, and I, excuse me, I had a situation where, you know, I had a friend of mine, the two of us were on a trip, and he rented the car, but he added my name. And we were talking earlier on the owner of a car. Well, on a rental car, I guess it's back to who's driving, as long as the ones driving has their name and they signed up on the document as well, correct? Right. You get in a little bit more trouble when it's an unauthorized issue. So, right. so yeah. if I decided to drive Jeremy's car, again, he's rented it. I wasn't there when he signed it, but I'm driving. Mm-hmm. And now what's the problem? It's my... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's back N- on me. N- now, now you wind up with a situation. So I borrowed his car. Right, essentially yeah. you borrowed his car. <laughs> and, what, and, what, and were you authorized to drive it? Oh, so he can say, I like it. It it can get a little bit dicey. He would do that, too. (laughs) It can get a little bit dicey. And we even have a further-fetched scenario where sometimes there's an accident and there's three or four people thrown out of the car, and all of them claim not to be driving. Oh. And and so, you know. (laughs) That's a problem. This was one of those self-driven cars. Yeah. I like it. I like it. You know, I'm sure, David, you can tell us some stories (laughs) of some things you've had. Your program's not long enough. You know, you're listening to us. Yeah, it's too short. Uh, We're talking about what happens uh, when you have an automobile accident and uh, who's the the one that's going to pay? Which insurance company? Whether it's uh, you've borrowed the car or you've rented the car. And then when we get back, I'm going to ask David one last question about uninsured motorist and why is it so important david i know i've always heard that we now have to have insurance in the state of tennessee it's a requirement when he comes back he'll tell us a little bit about what's going on with that but before that let's listen to rebecca brazier and the mid-south moment This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Remember, financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation, helping you make the most of your money. Talk Money will return right after this. Having become a victim of its own economic success during the war years, the population boom placed great strains on the city's infrastructure. Despite issuing nearly $15 million in new bonds for school buildings, hospitals, sewers, and transportation improvements, the city struggled to keep up with the progress other southern cities were making. 
Yet the area in which the city was most behind its peers was not in its infrastructure, but in its political system, dominated for many years by Boss Crump. The defeat of the Crump-backed U.S. Senate candidate John Mitchell in 1948, coupled with Crump's opposition to President Truman's civil rights program, signaled the coming end of the one-party system in Memphis and the growing strength and political involvement of African-American Memphians seeking to correct the racial inequality in the city. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Security and Financial Services Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Neither Security and Financial Services Incorporated nor Shoemaker Financial are affiliated with David Peel or the Peel Law Firm. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Welcome back. We're talking with David Pill. We're talking about insurance and automobile insurance, uninsured motorists and all those things. And, David, I actually thought that the law in the state of Tennessee said if you're going to drive a vehicle with a license and you're going to be, you know, you're going to be driving into the state of Tennessee, you must be insured. It does say that. It says that you must have liability insurance at a state minimum amount, which is only 25000 a person. However, about 24% of the state doesn't follow that law, and a greater percentage of that around Memphis does not follow that law. That's hard for me to believe. So, so I'm thinking of the 25 percent. I pull up. I pull up to the stop sign. I can count ten cars, <laughs> and that means 2.5 of them, maybe late more, possibly. Jeremy, they're uninsured. Yeah, that's scary to know. And like you said, even a greater number in Memphis. So, you know, that could be half of them. You know, you you, you never know. Every time you pull up to a light, it could be. And how many of them are doing sure. what you were going to ask him uh, that right? You know, well, we had another question, you know, everybody with cell phones today and technology and, you know, the whole new thing today in driving is texting. You know, using a cell phone was a big conversation for a little while. Now it's all about texting and driving. And my question to you is. Is it illegal, you know, talking about using a cell phone, but is it the legality of texting and driving? In Tennessee, it is now illegal to text and drive. However, there there are no rules on using a cell phone generally in the state of Tennessee. Well, you know, that's it's good to know that it's illegal. I wish there would be a lot more to that because I tell my um, my wife and my kids all the time if they see their their mom texting hey, be to careful. say that she could be listening to be say careful. that the police are coming to get you, mommy, and they will <laughs> you know put you away for a long, long time. Well, and in some states, uh, texting can only be a secondary offense. In other words, you pull somebody over for something else, let's say a illegal lane change, and then there. Are, you 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 discover you saw that they were texting. You could write them an additional ticket. In Tennessee, that can pull you over simply for texting if they think that you're texting. If they think you're texting, now can I dispute that? I mean, how you, can. you know? Can I say I wasn't texting? I just looked at my phone. I mean, well, you can. And here's the, and here's the interplay. You you've got to dial a cell phone to use a cell phone. I don't. And have, there's no requirement for dial. You know that you can't dial a cell phone while you're driving. Yeah. There's only a requirement that you can't text while you're driving. Now, I don't know how a police officer next to you, who, by the way, is using a full-size, full-size laptop. I mean, he's got a laptop, uh, and he's you know, <laughs> staring can, at the computer can, screen. can necessarily do that. So I think it puts our, 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 our men and ladies in blue in a really uncomfortable very, very, position yeah. on that. So if you have an accident and it can be proven that you were texting or, or doing something you know, that would be illegal, 
Do you find that that's showing up now in courts? Or you I mean from your standpoint, the legal standpoint? Well, it is. We're we're getting cases in our, and we're just getting more cases that are caused by that that probably wouldn't have happened otherwise. I've had cases where uh, a lady's taking a selfie of her new hairdo right before she rear-ends my client and putting it on Facebook. You know, it posts twenty seconds before the collision. That sort of thing. It's an aggravation that I can use in trying to get the case resolved mm. or potentially even pushing punitive damages. Well, we've learned a lot, you Absolutely. know. I mean, don't text and drive, and if you're going to borrow my car. I think the biggest thing is is letting your kids know, you know, as you know, you have them insured, but letting them know, do not let your friends drive your car uh, knowing that I'm liable for it. Right, exactly. That's a, that's a great, great thought. Well, we've been talking with David Peel. We've got, uh, i really got a couple of things, guys, that I, I want to do. Now, I, I have been working on this for hours and uh, Art, you're going to participate, so you're going to have to you're going to have to play with us today. And this is something I'm testing. I, I like working with smart people, so I have uh, eight questions here. Don't look around, guys. It's all you. <laughs> I see you. I see you. But, but here's the thing: I've got a couple of questions, and uh, we're going to ask a, you know one or two. And then I've got a couple of things at the end. But here's the first question. That I want to see which one of you guys is going to jump in and tell it. So, Art, when you need to, you can get to the microphone. Here's the question. Name the one sport in which neither the spectators nor the participants know the score or the leader until the contest ends. Which would which sport would that be? Got it? Okay, Art. Chess. No. What? Boxing. Yeah, he's pretty good. Boxing. Well, you can argue, Art, that chess is a sport, but, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to go with you there. It's kind of like cards, you know. These poker players might consider it a sport, a right? Sport, but a chess athlete. Yeah, chess athlete. Yeah, there you go. So, boxing, that's the answer. Good question. Good answer. What famous North American landmark is constantly moving backward? Now, you know, we got uh, we started with David. David's got one, and so let's see what famous North American landmark is constantly moving backward. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, crickets. Not <laughs> crickets. Oh. No, uh, landmark, landmark. Come on, guys! Ding, 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 ding. Oh, is it, David? Niagara Falls, guys. Yeah, and Ni- actually, I and I was there in June. I should have known that. The rim is worn down about two and a half feet each year because of the millions of gallons of water that is rushing over it every minute. It's just backing up. Ha! <laughs> Listen to him. He's good. All right, here's number three, guys. We're going to take a break in a minute, but here's number three. What fruit has its seeds on the outside? What fruit has its seeds? Oh, I like this one. Yeah, it is this one. I think he's got this one. He looks confident. Yeah, he does. All right, Jeremy. That'd be a strawberry. A strawberry. What is a strawberry? (laughs) That's good. (laughs) Everybody likes strawberries. Great job. All right, guys. There are 14 punctuation marks in the English grammar. 14. That's, let me give you seven of them. I'll get you to do the other seven. We know there, you know, you're talking about everything from a period, a comma. Okay, you got that? Name, there's 14 of them, name seven of them. A period, a comma, giving you two of them. Just name five more. Okay, we got it going. Uh, Exclamation point, semicolon. Semicolon, colon. Apostrophe. Apostrophe, Apostrophe. Question mark. You said question mark. All right. Exclamation. 
Okay, they're doing pretty good here. Let me give them to you. Period, comma, colon, semicolon, dash, hyphen, apostrophe, question mark, exclamation point, quotation mark, brackets, parentheses, braces, and ellipses. Got those? Yeah. Everybody, pretty good. You didn't give a scratch paper and a pencil to (laughs) write all this down. That's pretty good. (laughs) All right, guys. uh, They're only named the only vegetable and fruit that is never sold, frozen, canned, processed, cooked, or in any other form except fresh. That's a vegetable and fruit. Okay. Well, let's see. The fruit could be, no. The vegetable could be lettuce. I'm not sure. Lettuce is the vegetable. Good job, David. That's two for David. Way to go. (laughs) There you go. Tomatoes are fruit, but they can it. No, that's canned, so that's not it. So what's the vegetable? I mean, what's the fruit? By the way, you think about it, and it goes, I should have known that. Not a banana, Pardon? Not a banana. Not a banana. That's what Jeremy said earlier, banana. So it is watermelon. Watermelon. Uh, that's a fruit, so not bad. Name six or more things that you can put on your feet. We're going to give you a break to think about it. Six or more things that you can put on your feet and where, beginning with the letter S. When we come back, we're going to find out what those oh six or more things that you can put on your feet that start with the letter S. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return after this. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan, it's the results. Any statements made by our guests are not necessarily the opinion of Securian Financial Services or Shoemaker Financial. And now, once again, helping you make the most of your money, this is Talk Money. Well, you know, sometimes on the program we just dive into heavy subjects like the finances and the market, and we talk about automobile insurance, and I mean, most of the time it's weighty stuff, right? Yes, some pretty boring stuff to some people, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) But today, I'm testing the brain power, and they're doing pretty good. Uh, We're asking some serious questions. I mean, absolutely serious questions. I have this one question, then one more after that. But name six or more things, and all you listening, maybe you figured out what the six or more things are, that you can wear on your feet beginning with the letter S. Okay, I've got five. David, you're Googling, though. That's I'm not, not Googling. Fair. I'm not Googling. I mean, you, can you believe it? You can't ask a guy a question. I oh, promise. typing them in. I'm typing them on All my right. notepad. All right. You okay. didn't give me scratch paper. Okay, I didn't give you scratch paper. I didn't know paper. there was going to be a test. There you go. All right, give us the five, David. The five I've got is shoes, socks, stockings, sandals, slippers. Okay, those are five. You got it. Those are the five. That's good. But What's I'm one more? Stumped on the other one. Oh, okay, just, just think about it now. You got your name, shoes, socks. Sandals, stockings, and slippers. And slippers, okay. One more, guys. Slippers was a good one. Yeah, it's real good. Stilettos? Oh! 
That's a telling answer. Stilettos. Oh, okay. We won't go Art, there. I wouldn't probably brag on that. <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> That's great. The visual. All right. Okay. Good. Okay. Stock is good. All right. I'm going to give them to you because one's pretty hard. I mean, I would have never thought of this one. But skis, obviously. Oh, Skates, uh, no question. Oh. Snowshoes. You know, that's good. But here's one out of that would have never crossed my mind. And that's one that we do put on our feet and walk around. And it's stilts. I used to do that all the time as a kid. Stilts. <laughs> but most of you would have got that, right? No. No. All right. Now I have. So we actually came up with a few more. That was good. <laughs> We're even smarter than the list. Stilettos. <laughs> all right. Here's the last question, guys. And it's uh, one that says there's three words that start with the letter, letter DWs. D, uh, letters DW. Three words that start with the letter DW. And, Jeremy, you got one. I got, yeah, I got two, I think. But I don't know about the third. But dwindle yep. would be one. And dwarf would be the other. I've got another. All right. Dwelling. Hey, Dwelling. got them all three. Wow. I am so impressed with this group of guys. And so we've had a good time doing that. I've enjoyed doing that. And uh, I want to take it to a little bit of a serious note. One of the questions that we get a lot is how do you choose a financial planner? Well, I think one of the ways you look for is somebody who has a good time. And we had a good time doing that. But let me ask you, Jeremy, if if people, and they do ask us all the time, what are a couple of the things that if a person's looking to find a planner, what would they look for? Well, I think you you know you said somebody's having a good time. I think the first thing you got to do too the and the initial you know um the trust factor you know it's kind of like when you first meet someone, what's your response? how do you feel mm-hmm. around them but then they but then it gets into questions, okay, I feel comfortable around this person now I want to know a little bit more and there's there's a pretty good uh list of questions that you could ask, but some might be different for others and be more important. Teach, and that's where you have to take uh, the questions to your own, what you feel is important. But one would be, you know, how will you make money? You know, how do you make money from our relationship? You know, how do you get paid? No question about that's it. That's one. one. And it should be an easy question to ask. And yet, David, do you see that in your law practice that sometimes clients do come in and they just don't know how to ask that question? That they don't. And so that's one of the reasons that a good, I think a good planner would do the same thing a good attorney does, is you lay out the contract and you explain it ahead of time before they make a decision because that's an that's an important factor on whether what decision they make yeah that's almost the question that they shouldn't have to ask you you've already you've already laid it out so that i think that would be you know some other questions what's your philosophy you know what's your investment philosophy how do you work well you know how do you uh, what do you foresee how do you um you know comprehend how do you invest and what's your your philosophy philosophy for investing for planning for the whole concept of just as you work with a client we had a client recently that that, that was a big issue for them they wanted to know and and do you work with both people if it happens to be a couple are you engaging both people yeah i think another good one is how about your team you know who who's on your team and what's their responsibilities? I think a lot of times it's knowing, you know, are you the only person? Are you making the selections and all the decisions? So I think talking about who's on your team and what's their responsibilities and their experience, you know, understanding someone's experience and designations and knowledge, that's all important as well. Well, then let me ask you this. I mean, I think sometimes people really do get get kind of concerned about, and David, with your clients, what would if I'm saying to you, what's your typical client? That's a question that should be very open for anybody to ask, right? Correct. Absolutely, and I, and and it seems to me that 
those things which are commonly done are commonly done. And if they're having success with somebody that fits your mold, then that makes a lot of sense. Jerry, do, do you do you, we see that a lot in our practice too, where people when you say what's your typical client, and you know if you're if you're working with someone that's got those non issues, I mean you're just not prepared to work with it. You need to tell them up front. Yeah, if it's not something that you're used to dealing with, or you bring somebody along with you that's got more experience in that area, is, is important. So just be sure that we spend the time communicating. That's the kind of thing that you want to do from that standpoint. Well, guys, thank you so much for today. I mean, a lot of fun. We did kind of get off on some tangents, and I enjoyed that. That was fun for us to do. But again, if you're looking for a planner, those questions we've been talking about. And David Pill, if you've got a question for David, just don't hesitate to call him. It's the Pill Law Firm. Feel free to do that, and we'll be glad to give you out his telephone number 201-6013 201-6013 i want to thank art frederick participated with us today the brain trust Toledo man hey thanks art appreciate all you do for us uh, guest and content coordination francis fortner production assistants elena moscovich mid-south history moment read by rebecca brazier and written by drew johnson i'm jim shoemaker along with jeremy jones today we've had a great time and hey i appreciate everybody's uh, participation we'll be here next friday helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Jeremy Jones are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer member FINRA SIPC. A registered investment advisor, Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.